All right, so who likes to be told you're not smart enough? Yeah, I love your face, Danielle. Danielle's like, no. You know, we don't like to be told we're not smart enough. We don't like to be told that you got something else you have to learn or there's something else you have to do. But <laughs> this whole series, this wisdom series, listen, if you've missed a Sunday, if you didn't listen online, I encourage you to go back through, listen to them, whether it's on a podcast or through the social media sites. They're awesome. There are awesome nuggets of information that you guys can take out and learn. And I'm just going to continue in on his footsteps. I'm going to follow his path, and we're going to talk about wisdom a little bit more today. So we're going to start right with a verse that you've heard him mention for the past few weeks, and that Proverbs 4, 7. And it says, wisdom is supreme, therefore get wisdom. Though it cost all you have, get understanding. Now listen, if you have, whether it's your Bible or your YouVersion app, however you read your Bible, whatever you have with you today, do me a favor, either highlight or underline, get understanding. That's what I want to focus on today, that get understanding. Because I think we can all say there's some part of our life that needs to be better, right? Whether it's maybe we need to be a better parent, a better spouse, a better business owner, maybe even a better friend. There's some part of your life that could be a little bit better, right? And who doesn't want to be more successful who doesn't want to have a more successful relationship with your spouse? Who doesn't want to be, even in your personal life, more successful, better than what you were yesterday? So that's what we're going to talk about, is that get understanding. Because there's a lid that we put on our lives sometimes that we think we're full. If you were here last week, Pastor Curtis had the golf balls in the jar. And I think for so many of us, that's what we look at at life. We think we're full with the golf balls, that there's nothing else that will fit. But what did we see last week? There is ample room for improvement in our lives. There's ample room for us to learn and grow more if we don't cap it off, if we don't stop growing, right? And, and what I want to talk about, and one thing I've learned, if in order to grow more, what do we have to do? You have to be a better listener. You know, I need to be a better listener personally in my life. I need to be more attentive. And there's a lot of times in my life when instead of talking, I should really just stop and listen. And how many people can say you struggle with that? How many people would rather talk than listen? I think it's just a, it's a human nature. We like to talk. We don't want to listen a lot. So that's what I want to focus on. I want to I talk about how we become a better listener today and how we can grow with what God wants us to hear versus what we think we should hear. All right? Because in order to become a better listener, we have to gain that wisdom and that wisdom comes from having a teachable spirit, from not thinking you're capped off, that you're full, that there's nothing else for you to learn. The book of Proverbs, I know he's been preaching in it through the past couple weeks, and I'm going to continue writing Proverbs. And this is what I like about Proverbs when I was studying. There's 31 chapters in Proverbs. Out of those 31 chapters, 26 cover the topic of having a teachable spirit. Out of 31 chapters in Proverbs, 10 of them start their book, their chapter, with having a teachable spirit. So when there's that much in just one book of the Bible about being a teachable spirit, I kind of think we need to talk about it. I kind of think it might be a little important. Um, Proverbs 10.8 says, The wise are glad to be instructed, but babbling fools fall flat on their faces. I love the New Living Translation. They don't hold back. Babbling fools fall flat on their faces. Now, I've got three examples, three categories of, of what a babbling fool might look like for us today. All right? And the first one, we can probably all relate to some of them. The first one's the know-it-all. 
You know, this is the person that he has. He or she has all the answers. Even when you're not asking a question, they've got the answer that's right for your life. You know, I kind of fell in that category early on in ministry. I've been in ministry for half my life, and well, I'm not going to tell you what that half is. You can just guess. But I've been in ministry for over half my life, and I have gotten asked an array of questions from everything and anything you could ever think, ever think of. And early on, I thought I always had to have an answer. I thought I had to, you know, if someone came to me and they asked me this question, well, I had to have the best scripture, the best advice. I had to have the thing that would solve their entire crisis. And I learned that one, I didn't because I don't know all the answers. And two, it was okay to not know all the answers. But it took me a little bit to realize that it was okay for me not to have a life-changing statement every time somebody wanted to come and talk to me. The second one, now listen, it's been there, done that. And if you're sitting next to someone that falls in these three categories, do me a favor, don't nudge them, don't tap them on the shoulder, maybe just slide a pen and paper over to them right now and make sure they're taking notes. That way you don't get in trouble at home, all right? If you're online and you're sitting on the couch or you're still laying in bed in your pajamas next to that person, just hand them a piece of paper and let them take some notes. But the been there, done that person, you know, that's the person that you are so excited, you get to tell them a story of something you just done and they finish it for you. You don't even get to share your story because they want to tell you how they did it, how it was so great and so much better than what you did. Proverbs 18.2 says, Fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their opinion. And the third babbling fool category is the one-upper. Now, this is the person you just got done climbing Mount Everest. You are excited. You conquered the mountain, and you want to share it with the world. And the first person you come to as you tell them your story, they say, yeah, I did that last year with flip-flops. wasn't a big deal. And boom, you're deflated just like that. They killed and took all the joy out of your story, out of your excitement by their comments. Proverbs 12:15 says, fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. Look, it's really easy to fall into any of those three categories. I've done it. I do it to this day sometimes when I'm not paying attention, you know. But we have to remember that we're not speaking on our behalf. What did TJ sing? Who are we a reflection of when we look into the mirror? And it's hard. It's hard in today's society. I've got teenagers. I have a bajillion social media apps that they're on that I don't know what some of them even mean. But I know what the purpose of the social media apps are. What are they? It's what am I doing right now that I can show somebody? What have I done that's so amazing that they've not seen me do yet? You know, that's, that's the point of those. We're in a society where it's all about me. What can I show someone that I can do? And that's not what God's about. God wants us to take a pause. He wants us to stop being about me and being about him. You know, and, and that requires having that teachable spirit. And listen, there's no age limit on that. You know, I came to a hard realization. Last week we had wiffle ball, and I'll just, I'll just share my humiliating story. Last week we had wiffle ball, and we decided we were going to bat as the adults in order by age. And it was going to go youngest to oldest. TJ's laughing. TJ was, yeah, I went last, guys. I went last. I was like, I'm the oldest person here. It was really bad, but I had that realization. But even being the oldest person, I still am not old enough to stop learning, to not stop hearing from God and seeing what he has for us. 
you know, and I get the opportunity, you guys. I don't get to share up on stage a lot. I'm back in D.C. Kids. I'm a teacher by heart, and I love those guys. But I also love talking to you. And when I'm up here, I get to share. I get to share in small groups and just in conversations. But there's some things you all don't know about me. And some of the things you all don't know about me with being a teachable spirit is I don't like to talk. I don't like to be on stage. I am a 100% introvert to the core. My life would be much happier if I never talked to people ever. And I lived in a cave. My dream was to move to Montana and live in a cave. And then Curtis came along and sidetracked it all. Um, <laughs> Sussex County for life. There you go. We are here. He won't let me go to Montana. He only lets me visit it from time to time. I'm living through my cousin who's down there in a ranch right now. But I'm an introvert. I don't have any training for speaking. You know, I am a true Sussex County bumpkin. I grew up in Sussex County. I was born and raised between the beach and the farm life. That is me. I have no professional training for for teaching, for speaking, for being a pastor, even though it's at the title of my name. But I'm following in the footsteps that God gave me, and I learn and I grow as I go. And it's something that he's all called us to, whatever it is he's called you to do. It's okay if you think you're unqualified. It's okay if you think you don't have the training. Because the key, the key is to have the teachable heart. The key is to always want to grow and to always learn. Proverbs 1, 5 says, let the wise listen to these proverbs to become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance. So what do we do? How do we have that listening spirit? How do we obtain the listening heart? Because here's the key. If we have kids, if you have kids, you know, what, what do kids do sometimes? When we talk to them, when we tell them some things, what do we say? It goes through one ear and right out the other. They don't have a clue what we just said. I love it. It happens when I talk to my husband sometimes. When I talk to my kids, I can tell them something, and it's like I talk to a wall. They don't know anything I said. But that happens to us too. So how do we get from it just going through one ear and out the other, and how do we get it into our heart? I think the first step we need to do is we need to realize and understand that a listening heart is humble. And listen, there's a difference between humility and humiliation that we need to understand today. Because here's the thing, humility is our choice. I choose to be humble, but humiliation just happens. Proverbs 11:2 says, pride leads to disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Listen, like I told you earlier, I, I don't like to talk. I'm not something that I, I, I like to do all the time, but it's what God calls me to do. And it took me a while to understand that I didn't always have to have the answer when someone came and asked me a question. You know, I, I took, you know, I read, I studied, I prayed, and I realized it's okay to just say, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what you're going through. I've never been there before, but I'm listening. I'm here. I hear you. You know, because here's the difference. It's hard to admit sometimes that we don't know something, but it's the humility that we create when we say, I don't know, instead of me telling someone something wrong and creating the humili humiliation when my advice was wrong. Because it doesn't affect just me when I say something wrong. It affects those around me as well. The second thing we need to have is we need a listening heart has to have a desire to grow. Um, I know Curtis has told you stories about Discover Church. If you've gone through our growth track, you've heard us tell you the story of how we became, how Discover Church was launched. 
What you might not know is that when Curtis and I planned to launch Discover Church, when we started praying and seeking, we spent probably eight or nine months in an intensive course studying, learning. We did that while we both worked full-time jobs, while we raised kids, while we prayed and figured out how to launch Discover Church. It was through a program called ARC. It's an associated of related churches. But we did that not because we just wanted to. We don't want to add more stuff on our to-do list. Nobody wants to do that, right? But we did that because we had the desire to grow. We wanted to learn everything we could from other pastors that had walked in the shoes we were getting ready to walk into. You know, we wanted to we wanted to feed off of them. We wanted to see everything they've done, everything they did or didn't do right, so we knew how to launch properly. Proverbs 27:17 says as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. We looked to those that were above us, that stood next to us, that had guidance for direction. We didn't just go out and say, all right, meet us Sunday here. We're going to have service. And that was it. We studied, we prayed, we sought direction from others. Um, and it's funny, something that I know a lot of you guys might not know about Pastor Curtis, and I'm talking about him a lot today. And the reason why I'm talking about him a lot today, because he's my example of what a teachable spirit is. He's the one that I look to. And what you might not know about him, you see him up here every Sunday. You hear him preach. You might hear him talk at small groups and do different things. But do you know what he does after he preaches a message, after he goes somewhere? Do you want to know what he asks? And he doesn't just ask me. He asks other leaders in the church, what could I do to improve? He says, was that okay that I said that? Or, or how can I do this differently? He's always looking for ways to improve. Yeah, he's got the, the title pastor, and he's had that for many years. But even himself, he knows he doesn't know at all, that there's still room to grow. It's one of the things I'll talk about him a little more. It's why I love him so much. It really is, because he always wants to learn. He's always growing. And the third thing we got to have, the third listening heart we need to have, we have to embrace correction. And I know we don't like that word, do we? It's tough. We don't like to be told when we're wrong. But let me help you out. This is, this is the key to correction, and this is how you can overcome that attitude that starts to rise when we start to get corrected. Correction doesn't mean you're being rejected. All right? Correction is not reject, rejection. Proverbs 12.1, to learn you must love discipline. It is stupid to hate correction. That's why I love the NLT. Go ahead if you got it. Underline, it is stupid to hate correction. All right, I'm going to pick on my kids some too. All right, as parents, we all, most of us, I think everybody in the room online, we've had kids or you've watched kids or you've been around kids or you've been a kid before. I think we've all been there, right? So have you ever had to correct them? All day, all night long sometimes, right? 24-7, sometimes we have to correct our kids. If I tell you this one more time, right? <laughs> Woo, so many times, TJ. But listen, have you ever corrected them because they said or they did something and you did it really well you were proud of yourself because you didn't yell you didn't holler you didn't spank them you just said please don't do that again or come on stop and what do they do when you did it so nicely and so lovingly their lip starts to quiver the tears well up in their eyes and they just bawl for Haley that was all we ever had to do and you would have thought we took a stick and beat her because she would just instantly bawl because that correction she took as a form of rejection. 
She just totally handled it in a completely different way. And now that Haley and Elijah are teenagers, maybe you've, you've done this before with correction or you've seen this within your kids. You correct them, you tell them, you know, to do something this way, and they either, one, they roll their eyes at you, or they give you that, do you think I'm dumb look, and they go away for the rest of the night. That's the level, that's where we're at right now in our household, I'll just share that with you. They just go away when we correct them. <laughs> I've not figured out if that's good or bad yet. I'll let you know, I don't know. Um, but, you know, that's the part. But as an adult, what do you do when you're corrected at work? How do you handle that? You know, how do you handle it if a friend comes to you and maybe says, hey, I don't know if you handled that situation with your spouse quite right. You know, what's the same Proverbs? It is stupid to hate correction. Because correction makes us grow. It's that uncomfortableness. That's when we tend to grow. That's how we grow in our relationship to God. Because maybe you've not been a Christian for very long. Maybe this is something that's all new to you. But when you're comfortable, you're not growing. When life is comfortable, are you challenging yourself? Are you doing anything different? No. But correction, correction's hard. It's uncomfortable. We don't like it when we're told we're not right, right? But the enemy, he takes that correction, and he turns it into that rejection. You know, he wants to lie to us when it happens. He wants to convert the words that we hear, and he doesn't want it to go to our heart. He wants us to, to have rejection and fear and hatred instead. And it grows bitter. And how often do we just let it stew and just sit? So the next time you see that person who corrected you, instead of having love, what do you have? You have bitterment. You don't talk to them. You avoid them. You don't want to see them. You don't want to confront them, right? So how do we get the listening heart then? How do we keep this teachable spirit in a world that says it's all about me, in a world where we're not, we don't want to have correction, in a world where it's easier to allow the enemy to play into everything instead of leaning on God's wisdom? How do we do that? I got four quick points, and then I am done, and I'm going to leave you all alone. Um, that I want to talk about. But we're going to start Proverbs 13. Proverbs 13, 13 says, People who despise advice are asking for trouble. Those who respect a command will succeed. The instruction of the wise is like a life-giving fountain. Those who accept it avoid the snares of death. So four practical steps to become a learner, to help yourselves have that attainable spirit. The first thing a learner does is a learner initiates they take the first step. They ask, like Pastor Curtis does on Sundays, what can I do better? When was the last time you asked your spouse in your relationship, honey, what can I do to make you happy? What can I do better with a house? When was the last time you asked your employer, what can I do better in my job? What can I do better for you? We don't, right? Why, do, why don't we ask that? Because what happens when you ask that question? Are, Curtis isn't going to say, no, babe, I love you just the way you are. There's nothing you could do better. He said it during, growth or during our huddle. Remove your coffee cups from the car. That's what he would tell me. <laughs> Remove your coffee cups. I would tell him, pick up your dirty laundry. That's all. Don't load the dishwasher. I'll just do it myself. It's easier. Those are the things I would say, right? So when we ask those questions, we don't because we know we're going to get an answer we don't like. 
I've been married to him for almost 18 years. I quit asking him to pick up the laundry because it's not going to happen. It's just easier not to ask, right? But we don't ask, what can I do better? Because we know there's going to be an answer that we're not going to like, right? James 1.5 says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. All right, so we're going to do things a little different. This is the, the teacher coming out in me, okay, guys? So you don't have to raise your hands. Just honest to yourselves. You and Jesus, you're the only ones that know. So if you lie, you lie to him, not to me. All right? Think about the last time you prayed to God. And I'm not talking the prayer you said before you ate your meal. I'm not talking about the prayer you had when you put your kids to bed. Think about the last time you had a conversation with God. And that might look different for all of us depending on where we're at in our relationship with him. I'm hoping a lot of you are creating, if you've not already developed, that relationship to God where you can talk openly with him. But the last time you had that prayer with him, what did it look like? You know, did you just start talking, say amen, and then go about your business? Did you just tell him what you needed really quick and kept on moving? Have you ever talked with God, had a conversation with him, and then just sat and listened? James 1.5, ask and he will give it to you. You know, James tells me that God's going to give me my wisdom, but what do I have to do? I have to ask. And what are we talking about? We have to listen. So this is what I want to do. I want, if you're writing, if you have your version app, put it down for just a minute. We're going to play an old, old kid. Again, I'm bringing out the DC kids in me. We're just going to be quiet for 15 seconds. Can you do that with me? TJ says no. That's why we're going to do it. <laughs> so we're just going to sit. I'm going to put the mic down. And I just want to hear silence. I want to see how hard it is. How hard was that, TJ? It was hard. Silence is hard. We don't like it. How many of you were singing a song in your head or talking to yourself or thinking about what you're going to cook for dinner tonight? Like you had stuff going through your head. It is hard to be silent. It is hard. But that's what I want to challenge you with, to sit in God's presence and be silent. Because we've already admitted we like to talk and we don't like to listen. But how are we going to get God's wisdom we never listen to him. The second thing a learner does is a learner implements. James 1.22 says, but don't just listen to God's word. Here's the key. This is the second part. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourself. I just want to point out, every time I have called or said the word fool, it is from the scripture. So it is not me calling you a fool today. It is the Bible. It is Jesus. All right? But listen, you're watching online today. You've been coming for a while, or maybe you haven't been coming for a really long time. Let me ask you another question. You come to church, you hear the message, and you go home. What do you do with what you hear on a Sunday morning? Is it just your check on the I'm a good person list? I'm good. I went to church. Or do you take what he is, what Pastor Curtis says or whoever's preaching that Sunday and you do something with it. You implement it. Last week, Pastor Curtis gave out $20 bills. 
and asked us to bless someone in our community. Did you guys do that? Or is that $20 bill still sitting in the bottom of your purse or your pocket? Because you didn't think about it after you left here on Sunday. God has given us direction on how to learn and grow in our relationships with him. And we want to give you guys practical ways to do that. That was the point of the $20 last week. You know, at Discover Church, we have tons of ways for you to be practical, for you to implement what you learn. That's why we do growth track. That's why we do water baptisms. That's why we have a freedom group. And listen, if there's any small group I can challenge any of you to ever go through is freedom group when we started up again in the fall. I've been through freedom group three different times, and this last one wasn't with this church. It was a mentoring group that I'm a part of. And listen, it changed my life. It is life-changing and life-giving. And we also do communion, which we're going to do in a little bit later for you guys to um, partake in too. And the third thing a learner does is a learner improves. You know, someone with a teachable spirit is constantly growing. They're not capped off with just the golf balls or even with just the sand. They're overflowing. So what are you doing to continue to grow? What do, you, what do you read and study on your own? Because just coming here on a Sunday, just listening online once a week, you are not going to grow in your relationship with God. You have to take that initiative and do it on your own. And here's a key step with improving. you got to put it into practice. You could read and listen. Curtis listens to a bajillion podcasts during the week. I don't know. He, he travels. He has to drive a lot, so he's always listening. But if he never took into heart and practice what he listened to, what would be the point of it? Why do it? You know, you have to have that teachable spirit. Elijah, Elijah this past year, scary and exciting all at the same time. He's been going through driver's ed. So we've all been there. We know what that class was like, however it may differ on our age. He read the book. He watched the videos. He did all the classwork, and he passed. And if that was all he ever did and I gave him a pair of keys, is he going to wreck my car? Sure thing he is. But what did we do? We gave him the keys. We've taken him out trip after trip after trip, and he's driven on his own because he had to improve. Because if he wrecks the car, he's paying for the car. I'm not. But I still don't want him to wreck the car. So you can't just take in all the information and not put it back out either. All right, we have to improve as well. We have to utilize the things we've been given to learn and grow. And the last thing a learner will do, TJ, if you want to come up, is a learner will inspire. James 3.18 says, those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. When we show that we're laying, willing to lay down our own pride, it creates a ripple effect. You know, you can never, never, if there's one thing I can say, never think you're too good to admit that you're wrong. Never think that you can't say, I, I don't know. You know, that, that unfortunately sometimes has become my go-to when people talk to me. I, I don't know. I don't know what you've experienced. I don't know what you're going through. I may have gone through something similar, and this is how I did it. But what I do know is what God has said, and that God says if we ask and we listen, he will give us wisdom and direction. Proverbs 19.20 says, Get all the advice and instruction you can, so you will be wise the rest of your life. It doesn't say to learn all you can while you're in school. Learn all you can until you get to your 20s or 30s. It says get all you can. You are never too old to learn something new. You are never too old to grow in your relationship with God. 
So I want to backtrack for just a minute. And I want to implement something today that we can all can do. And you can do this at home if you want. We're going to get ready and take communion. If you're at home, grab some crackers and some juice and come together with your family. If you didn't get any when you came in, you can raise your hand and Tom in the back will, will make sure you get communion so you can partake. But listen, communion is just not something we do once a month just to do it, just to check it off. It's not something we just do to follow a program, to say we're part of a church. But it's a sign. And it's a sign of many different things. But one of the things communion is, it's a sign of the remembrance of what Jesus did. Because what Jesus did was 2,000 years ago. It's getting longer and longer and farther and farther away as we tarry on this earth. But it's a way for us to remember, a way for us just to take a time out with a teachable spirit and think about what he did and why he did it. Because if we don't remember that Jesus came as a baby, that he grew up, he did his own ministry for three years on this earth, and then he died. He died a terrible, terrible death for me, for you, for your kids, for your parents. If we don't remember that, if we don't remember that he raised from the dead and is now sitting on the right-hand side of God, then what's the point? What's the point to be here today? Communion is also a sign of the humility I was talking about earlier. Because when we take communion, we should take it because we know that without him, we can't do anything. That without the sacrifice that he made, we would be helpless and lost right now. So would you stand with me? And I want to make communion just a little bit different today. You're going to open it up. You can open up the wafer. And you can take the juice. And I'm going to ask that you do this on your own, on your own time, when you feel ready. And as TJ plays and he, and he leads us into worship, I want to ask that you just listen to God during your time with him. As you take the wafer, remember that he died for us, that he broke his body for us. And as you take the juice, you know, he came back, though. Yes, he died, and he sacrificed his life, but he came back, he rose again, and he is coming back for us. So just spend some time seeking out him, asking for his wisdom. And if nothing else, just listening to him. I don't just say this because she's my wife. But I think some of us are going to probably need to go back and re-listen to this one. Because here's what I'll tell you. As much as I try so hard to be a learner, I mean, it, it, take a look at Jesus' life. Jesus literally spent all of his time doing what? teaching. He was trying to get his disciples to learn his ways to understand who he was, to experience what it was like to be part of the kingdom of God. But so often, man, so often we have this mentality, and I hate to say this, I mean, but as Americans, we love to have this mentality to like, oh, I got this. I got this. 
We love our independence. We don't want anybody to tell us what to do. That's why we all got so upset about mask and no mask and vaccine. And why? Because you don't want nobody to tell you what to do. But the fact of the matter is, is if we are going to be Christ followers, we have to be learners. And in order for us to be Christ followers and to want to be learners, that means we have to be willing to listen to change. Can I step on some toes? You okay if I step on some toes here? Because she already stepped on a few toes this morning. I want to. I want to. I want to. I want to get my little step in here. Okay. Listen. If you are dealing, if you're dealing with hurt, and offense, and bitterness, and resentment, and like if you're angry, those are signs that there's something wrong in here. Now, I'm not saying that you can't have righteous anger or that there's sometimes that it's not justified, right? But I'm saying that if you're carrying that, that is a flag. That's a flag where I think God is saying, are you really listening? Are you really learning? Are you really trying to be more like me and less like you? So today, listen, I just want to pray, and I know there's people watching online, and you're here in person, and, and I just got all up in your business right at the end of the, end of the message. But man, I, I believe, like, listen, you, that's, you got to hold on to that. I think the Holy Spirit is speaking to some people right now. There's some people watching at home that are going to be listening to this later, that all of a sudden, there's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to prick in their spirit a little bit, and all of a sudden, you're going to feel this like, oh, man, that, that hurt. That's the Holy Spirit trying to grab your attention. So, Father, we just pray right now over all of your people, over those that are at home, that are camping, that are enjoying their time out, but have joined in with us today. For those that are in here in person, Father God, I pray, Father, that you will help us as sons and daughters, Father God, that you will allow us to, be, to recognize recognize the flags, the moments where we should be like drawing attention, saying, hey, this something's not right. Something's not right. Soften my heart, Lord, today. Allowing that offense and the bitterness and the judgment and Father God, and all, all, the, all, the, all the junk that comes up in our hearts for us to realize that, that that's, that's a check. We need to check ourselves. And that, Father Lord, we, we today, we just invite you to speak to us, speak to our hearts, Father God, today. Lord, listen, if there are people in this place, people that are watching online that need to have some real genuine conversation after this, some conversations of, I'm sorry, I misunderstood, or I, 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 you know, I was angry, I was frustrated, I shouldn't have done. Lord, Lord, allow us, Father God, to be willing to step out to be that learner, to realize that even there, there's times, Father God, when we don't have it all together, when we're not right. Father, we thank you. We say that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Before you guys go, I want to I send you home with a challenge. He used all the $20 bills last week, so I had to come up with something different. <laughs> But y'all, y'all, they thought they were like, maybe we're gonna maybe get paid. Gonna get 50. We're gonna get paid to come to Sorry. church again this week. It's gonna that be was awesome. Your one time, one it's time payment. Be awesome. um, but this is what I want to challenge you with. I want you to identify a specific area of your life, just one. If you're like me, I could list 80 areas of my life I could improve on, but just one this week. And I want you to define just one thing 
What's one thing you could do today that would improve how it was yesterday? What's one thing you could do this upcoming week that would improve last week's? What's one thing you could plan for the month of June that would improve how you were in May? So I'm just asking one. I'm not asking for all 80. But what's just the one thing you can improve on? That's right. One. I know you all got that one. I know I got that one. We're going to work on it. Okay. You don't want to know. You don't even want to know. We'll talk later we'll talk about later your about one. We'll talk later about my one. <laughs> talk, talk later. Yeah, laundry. Not apparently, the laundry. That apparently, by the way, the laundry is like a... a like, she's throwing real shade on me. I was like, man, I told Emily, Listen. me and Emily are in the back, and I'm like, I feel like I've been persecuted today over my laundry habits. But I didn't bring up the dishwasher. I, I gave up on the dishwasher. Come on, man. <laughs> if there's any of you guys out there, you gave up on the dishwasher, that's okay. That's all right. 